Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we're finishing up our series on government. We looked at first that God established it. Second, that we are to pray for all those in authority. Third, that we can disagree in earthly things and still love each other. Last week, we looked at our hope is in the Lord. Today, I want us to look at and for us to have a kingdom focus, a kingdom perspective. You know, we live in a world where we want things done now. And in our way. And in our time. I read a a stat, Wall Street Journal, that in the grocery store, the one of the number one food items that have it's multiplied over the past several years are the individual frozen meals in the frozen food section. Why is that? I'm sure there's multiple reasons, but one, we're in a hurry. Two, we don't want to take the time. I think that says something about our generation. This me focus rather than a godly focus. You know, it's interesting in our, in our text, the Pharisees had, had a similar idea. They were about themselves. They were looking for a new kingdom. They were looking for Jesus to come to free him from oppression, to restore the, the power and the prosperity to Israel like they had under David and Solomon. That's why they hated Jesus. They tried to look for every opportunity to trick him up and to get rid of him. And they ask, when is this kingdom of God coming? I mean, if that's not a question that focuses on earthly things, then I don't know what is. But I think we have to also put ourselves ourselves in the shoes of those Pharisees. If we just elect the right leaders, if we just pray hard enough that they pass laws and regulations that benefit to make this more a godly nation, then things will be all better. I'll get back to my comfortable life. I won't have to worry about other things. Is that not the same as the Pharisees calling to try to have God's kingdom here on earth? It is. But if the, think about this, if the fulfillment of God's kingdom is just a better life here on earth, I think then we're in trouble. 
What do you say then to someone who's passing away? Or perhaps to someone who's getting ready to pass away and they haven't had that, that peace and that prosperity and that comfortable lifestyle. But they're to look forward to. Jesus promises us something that's far greater than an earthly kingdom. In fact, even in our second lesson, we hear St. Paul. He says, if, if anyone else thinks that he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, in other words, I'm the most important. Paul goes on and then to say, well, what happened? He says, I consider everything a loss because the, suppress, the surpassing greatness of Jesus Christ, for whose sake I have lost all, so that he can find gain in Christ. The kingdom of God is not coming in a way that we're going to expect. In verse 20 and 21, it says, The Pharisees asked Jesus when the kingdom of God will come. Jesus says, It's not coming in a way that you can observe. So if we're actually out there looking for events and things, Jesus says, You're not going to see it. And if other people tell you where to look, run the other way. Or if they tell you on TV, send a donation for this, that, and everything, and you'll get this special towel from Israel, which who knows where it was manufactured, that you'll receive some special blessings, run the other way. Jesus is having us to rethink the whole thing about the kingdom of God and what it actually is. It's not here on earth. It's in you. Think about that. It's in your midst. It's a spiritual place. Wherever he is, there is the kingdom. Wherever faith is present, there is the kingdom. It's in your hearts. It's among you. You know, we pray this every Sunday in the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come. Luther says this about the explanation. He says, God's kingdom comes when our Heavenly Father gives us his Holy Spirit so that by his grace we believe his holy word and lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity. We pray, God, your kingdom come. What are we actually praying? We're praying that God gives us the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit uses the means of grace, word and sacrament to give strength, to strengthen our faith. 
He gives us worship in which we can come in and sing songs. Some we don't like. Some we do. We get to hear scripture. We get to hear a message. We're here with the fellowship of believers. We pray together. Do you see how different that is, the spiritual kingdom versus an earthly kingdom? One has to do about salvation. The other has to do about the self. John tells us in John uh, chapter 14, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. You see, what does the world want to give to you? False gods, false idols. Things that trip you up to take your trust away from God. To have you even believe in more in yourself. And boy, we are in a world today that is really working hard. This is why I, I, I really believe, as his Christians, we need to be in his word. And just how daunting that is, right? You pick, I mean, if you haven't read the Bible in a while, you pick it up and it's like, whoa, where do I start? But I can guarantee that if you just read one verse a day and think about it, your faith will be strengthened. This is a time that we are being tested as Christians. Imagine this for a moment. John, you're back, welcome, I'm gonna pick on you. Imagine going in to see a financial planner and finding out that he's just an intern and really has no credentials, no experience. Would we place our trust and faith in him? No. We want someone to learn, to trade, to study, to have continuing education, to be immersed in that business. Think the same way God wants us to be continued to be connected as our first reader talks about the vine in the vineyard to be connected to him. The reason we can't see the kingdom is because it's in our hearts. But what happens when we lose focus? Boy, there's a dire warning. At the end of that, our reading, it talks about Noah and Lot and Sodom. It says, just as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking, marrying, being given in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. The point here is not, these individual things are not wrong. 
but when they become the focus of our attention, when they become number one in our lives, then we have lost the kingdom perspective. And we know how it turned out for the world during Noah and Lot, his wife, turned back. See, she wanted to go back to what Jesus says here. He says, um, the person on the roof who has belongings in the house, don't go down after them. Likewise, the person in the field should not turn back for anything. I think God makes it clear that these things can easily distract us from what's most important. So as we end up this series on, on government, I hope that I have given you some tools to think about. To where we should look for our help. And that despite whatever the world or Satan throws at us here, to never lose focus of the kingdom of God. And may his word and his sacrament and our prayer life, may all of that strengthen us Yes, we will have ups and downs. We had them all the way since Adam and Eve. Who are we to say that we can stop them now and change it? But yet we know our eternal destination. Because Jesus paid the price for us. And if we get into that trap thinking that if I just can do something or pray harder or do this, that, and the other thing and, and things will change. God is a God of forgiveness. And the spirit in our hearts will change to convict us, to have us again refocus and to think of the one who ultimately brings us peace and joy and salvation. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. We rise. It should be the, the creed.